brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Testing the wires to see what I can get in an intro. I mean, if you want to, it's all yours. I, I would particularly, but it's. it's I'll for, give you the stage, man. No, it's it's for the um, it's for the gram, as the kids say. Did the kids say that? Yes, they Not, do. They really? do, but you have to have an Instagram. I do have an Instagram. It was hacked like five years ago. I I don't so yeah, right. So I don't think you have an Instagram anymore. I think someone else has your Instagram. The kids are on TikTok. The kids are all on TikTok. Dude, I figured TikTok out. <laughs> I refuse. Yeah, ditto. You say that yet we continuously like TikTok bomb you in the chat. Just like we're going to wrestling knowledge bomb your ears right now. This is, of course, the finisher podcast. I live for the reaction of my co-hosts when I decide to take whatever conversation we happen to be in and bring it into the show. <laughs> big yikes, bro. Big yikes. Like the true the true professional that you are, the master of the segue. Damn straight. That is Act as Lisa. This is Dan. And uh yeah, some stuff happened this week, guys. Just a little. Some stuff happened this week, some more stuff happening this weekend. I, I figured we should probably get together and talk about it. Uh, well, I, okay. I mean, it's, it's the big one. It's the one everyone's wondering about. It's the one they're tuning in for. So exactly. Which lead it for it with it. Right. Which is why I'm going to ask Lisa for her quick reaction to SmackDown, which she literally just watched and went off the air a few minutes ago, the go home SmackDown for hell in a cell, which is Sunday night. And you say better than raw, but that's not saying much. That's a low bar. It, it's it's about a three out of five. I have one question. Yes. Is this just one specific part of like an angle or is Shotzi's new gimmick getting locked in and or locking people into other enclosed areas? I have absolutely no idea what's going on. I just thoroughly enjoyed the fact that... Uh, the commentators had no idea what the OHIO chant was because apparently McAfee had no idea what, what it was. Neither did Cole. McAfee's like, a fucking idiot and Cole is a fucking tool. There you go. Um, you know, the the main event was pretty good, you know. Yeah, I mean, but look, look who's in there, though. You have the Usos, Shinsuke Nakamura and Riddle. So, you know, I mean, it, it was going to be at least decent. Who? Hang on. Let me check that real quick. Shinsuke Nakamura, Matt Riddle, Usos. No, none of them are on the card Sunday. 
No. No, they were working something. Oh, oh, it brace, it brace yourself, brace yourself. Next week on SmackDown, there's going to be an intercontinental title match between Ricochet and Walter. I will not call him Gunther. Yeah. Now, why isn't that on the Hell in a Cell card? Because I would love to watch a chop fast in Hell in a Cell. Well, Just why, throwing... why do you desire death for Ricochet? That's not nice. He's going to get chopped in half, man. I, exactly. <laughs> you know, I mean, you could have, you know, after tonight, you could have had the women's SmackDown title on Hell in a Cell. But what do we but we can talk about that later. <laughs> Yeah, that's not where the focus has been most this week. And honestly, um, between Tony Khan and MJF, the oxygen has been completely sucked out of the room for the most part for Hell in a Cell weekend. Even though they're putting two shows on this weekend, we will get to those, of course, later on. Um, I'm going to switch things up. I know, Zach, you were able to watch Double or Nothing. Yes. It was a big show last weekend. Uh, at least you were not able to watch. Yeah, it was. You were okay. Yeah, we watched it. Are you kidding? My, uh, my husband, we we had the pay per view on. The only, the only time I had to close my eyes and look away was during part of the main event. Happened in the main event. You had to leave away from. Uh, blood. Uh, main event. I don't remember blood. In the I, oh, wait, no, wait, no, I'm sorry. I'm no, sorry. No, neither, oh. neither, neither of them got color in the main event. It was, I'm sorry, it was the uh, Jericho Appreciation Society. It was a long ass pay per view. I was fight. I was fighting to stay awake by the main event. I'll be brutally honest. Thirteen, 13 matches. matches. That's what happens when you only have four a year. You can do four hour shows because you're not going to do one through again three weeks from now. Just start a little earlier next time. That's also why they schedule them on holiday weekends, which so, I pre- which I appreciate. And also, if it's not a holiday weekend, it's a Saturday, which I also appreciate. Right. But, um, okay. Still. Well, let's let's talk reactions. Uh, we know what the reaction for at least one of us is going to be for the anarchy <laughs> in the arena. Um, I thought it was, and it, weird enough, it was it was the longest undercard match. Um, it, I mean, it was okay. There, there, it had its moments. It was exactly what I wanted it to be. Yeah. yeah, if I had to, if I had to give it a grade, it's, I don't know, they set such a high bar with their other shows, I would give this one a, a B plus. Yeah, I, I think that's totally fair. You know, they, they don't have as much liberty, as much creativity that they can do, just not, you know, actually having fans in the arena having to work around that. But yeah, like Dan said, it was it was exactly what we thought it would be. And like Dennis Green said, too. Shout out Dennis Green. Peace, boss. Um, I mean, this is the thing. It's just kind of like top to bottom. Uh, everything worked like there was really nothing to me that was like, uh, I got to not watch that again. I would watch this entire show again, all four hours. No, no, no question. I mean, you to start with Hookhausen. Yes. Um, the the beginning of this work with MJ with Wardlow and MJF. The, you mean the burial of MJF? <laughs> uh, well, yeah, that's that. That was that in the ring, but they, that, there's more to that. Um, the only, like, I guess the dream tag match was a little underwhelming. But then when you found out that 
Jeff Hardy can't remember that match because he got knocked loopy in the middle of it and still did two freaking dives. It becomes all the more impressive. Pure adrenaline. It's got to be. Although, I mean, I, although I, he did do, I did see something on Instagram tonight where he he was performing at a, at a Fozzie gig. Don't ask. And I think you might still be dealing with a little bit of the loopiness because he didn't sound too good. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yeah, look at that. Oh Jeff. Oh, Jeff. Maybe it's time, man. Time to hang with the microphone. Yeah. Um I mean the six person mixed tag wasn't a great in-ring match, but it told a solid enough story that it was still engaging. Uh both Owen finals. Uh of course Dr. Hart coming out. So you know the onions were cut in the room. Uh Kyle O'Reilly and Darby Allen had a banger, literally. <laughs> You know, maybe Loki, one of the two or three best matches on the card, and definitely overshadowed by everything else, and probably rightfully so. But man, what a great match! Speaking of matches that have unfortunately been overshadowed, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb put on a bit of a clinic. My my number one match for the night. Agreed. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit there. As we said, Anarchy in the Arena was went nuts. The three way tag match again slowed down everything down a little bit, which was rough because you're like, okay, this match should not like be in the breath catcher spot but like it didn't matter <laughs> it just didn't there was no need to have a breath catcher match i say was any match on that card going to be the breath catcher match no no that's that's no and then wraps up with a new champion so and don't forget we had a athena debut as well we had athena debut um, we had the former Malcolm Bivitz debut and the thing I freaked out about no one else and everyone else no sold it, but Roosh, uh, now a part of Andrade stable. Um, yeah, that should be huge. If they can do something with that stable, please. Like the pieces are there. Just let it run. I just find it funny that even when he's getting married in Mexico, he still finds a way onto the pay-per-view. I mean, it was a pre-tape. Sure. It's still impressive. Hey, Man's you know, worker. workers work, workers work, man, workers work. <laughs> but with all of that said, it is, uh, you know, it, it is, it is a humble man who can admit that he was beaten in Saturday or Sunday night. I was beaten. So there you go. Thank you. Hardy boys. Thank you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> that was the only, that was, that was the difference for me. Everyone had their different match where they fell off. Because uh, you were running the table for a little while, I had. Hold on, I have my paper. You were nine. Have, and, you were ten and three. And the rest of us were nine and four. I think at one point, I think the first match that I biffed, because I, I think at one point I was five and zero. Oh. Yeah, yeah, some of that. Right. Um, yeah, I think the first one I biffed up was the um, women's title. No, the um, Owen oh, one. Yeah, because I had I had I had Keith Lee and Isaiah Swerve. They didn't win. I had Ruby winning, and then I had Blackpool Combat Club and and I've Black BCC and friends on my paper. So it is what it is. It is what it is, and what do you know? You have to turn your right around one week later and face it to defense in a gauntlet, uh, which makes it convenient. I think that. Uh, we didn't need each other in the office, so I didn't have to bring the belt to you. So it's still <laughs> sitting back here. So I just leave it there after Sunday night. 
I mean, I, I survived the gauntlet at Mania when I defended last time, so who knows? That's a fair point. That's a fair point. We are months past that. That's right. We are in a really weak drummed a card, a weak ass card drummed up to be a huge weekend. But again, not the big story of the week. No. Uh, All of the my God, all of the drama between MJF, AEW and Tony Khan that started Saturday when he uh, no showed a uh, fan fest event where he was, you know, uh, supposed to be signing autographs. Allegedly, a plane ticket was bought for him back to the East Coast that night, but he never got on that plane. Uh, he can't, got to the arena late past the call time, apparently, and left relatively shortly after his match. Uh, also, the fact that that match then went on first and that was moved around and no one knew for sure what was going on. And then that I, what everyone is calling his pipe bomb on Dynamite Wednesday night, where he basically begged Tony Khan to fire him. Which, of course, what made it through, fire me, you fucking Mark. Well, <laughs> somebody who's way too late on the button. Let's go. Yeah. Also, may I say, there was a large group of Warner Brothers executives at this particular show. So really good show to do this at. Um, and Lana and Dolph Ziggler were there as well. Interesting. Well, I mean, there's obvious reasons why they were there. I mean, one of them has a brother who wrestles for AEW and the other is married to Miro. Yeah, we had a quick conversation about that because he was featured on Dark this past week. And he at one point during his his segment and match was something like three different colors. And I don't think any of them were like human. (laughs) Like he's the weird thing with the spray tan. There's definitely spots that are deliberately left empty. So he's tan tan pasty white <laughs> but he was a weird red color for some for, for like just a, like he, it didn't look healthy it's all i'm saying he, need, he needs to go see uh matt cardona's t- uh spray tan guy for sure matt always looks at matt <laughs> <laughs> now on top of this i think we've officially acknowledged that we're moving into the work shoot segment of this angle, that this is a thing now that there was a legitimate dispute over pay that he had. And given sources that were reported between wrestling observer and fightful select, like if the numbers that they're throwing out are correct, then yes, he is getting dramatically underpaid and deserves to get paid more based on what he can do and what he has done. Like this, this week should be a, an absolute uh, example. Like you should be paying this man top guy money. Yeah, I mean, you're paying allegedly, allegedly, they're paying the, the I would call your AEW originals significantly less than the guys you've brought over from WWE. Why aren't you rewarding the people who have been with your company since day one? Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. I feel like it's you know it's part of the business side of it i feel like tony feels you know right or wrong that these ex-wwe folks have a name they have notoriety you know they can they can push tickets they can push merch without having to build them like you might have to build you know someone coming up the ranks in AEW. i I don't like that necessarily but i can understand that that's you know the the reasoning behind it and and there's also this and it may be partially some of this which I, i think you would hope he'd be able to like remedy at some point that if these people have been here since the beginning and they signed tra- uh, contracts where you know um 
we weren't sure if this was going to be a thing or what we were going to bring, be bringing in. So let's kind of be conservative about how we bring in initial deals and then we can go from there, which is, you know, sort of what MJF is on. He's one of the originals, but he allegedly also got a raise in January and still wasn't making what he deserved to make. I feel like it's akin to like your rookie contracts in you know, major sports, um, in major sports, um, you know, you, you have X amount of years, you're coming up, you most rook or a lot of rookies are going to outperform those contracts. And, you know, eventually they might get to the point where they sit out in the off season, they sit out training camp, you know, what have you in order to, to force the hand of, of ownership to give them a better deal. Um, you know, that's what happened here. MJF, you know, was signed when he was not what he is now, or at least we didn't know that this was what he was going to become. And then he just took off into the stratosphere and, you know, everyone should be paid what they deserve, you know, and, and MJF certainly for what he's done and for what he can do is, you know, is one that probably falls into that category. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a, it's the rare thing in, in modern wrestling where you can point to a guy and said, that guy draws money, not that company or that show, but that guy draws money, which isn't something that happens as much anymore. Um, The company has committed to the bit now as MJF is no longer on the AEW roster on its website. And you cannot buy any MJF uh, merch right now from shop AEW.com. So like I said, they're, they're at least going forward with that. However, there's still some, teasing up uh, his next possible match and his next possible uh, program as after they cut the commercial and MJF is finishing the ring, you know, being enraged punk comes out and tries to calm him down and MJF hits the crowd. I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to, I saw an internet comment. It's like the perfect word, the perfect word. They call this a swerk. It's like, we can't tell if it's a shoot or a work. So we'll just kind of smush it together. Um, and I think um, Matter, one of the young bucks also came out too and kind of went, what the hell? But it's just in, you know, there's no, I guess they send out pre- like press photos a few hours after the show and there's nothing from that promo in there. Yeah. And it's not on the website. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to bring this up because I said something. What was it? Wednesday night, right after the show went off the air. I said something to Zach, and I, I like where this is going, possibly. It, but at, in reflection, it seems like too much of a gimmick copy. But what did, I, what did I say here? Oh, my God. He said a few of the words. Tony will refuse to let him out of his contract. So he puts the newly anointed golden boy on the shelf. CM Punk steals the physical belt and threatens to breach his contract and walk onto SmackDown and hand Cody Rhodes, the AEW world title. That was another, that's, there's a comparison I heard. Um, is it taking and, the, taking the summer of punk and tweaking it and yeah, hopefully or, they do it right. Or Tony Khan likes to take pre Old, more um, not I guess older wrestling storylines and kind of redo them with some tweaks. Sure, sure. There's nothing wrong with that if, as long as you do something to make it original to the, your talent. Because coming up with original stuff's hard. 
Oh, I know. And anybody who is like um, Raven in describing the creative process, that was how he described it. Like, it's hard. So, yeah, if you take ideas from wherever you can get them and mold them into your own. And meanwhile, you know, while we're in this work, shoot, soupy, foggy mess, apparently WWE is circling around like a shark waiting to see if they can get their hands on MJF. Um, legally, they cannot. Oh, no, I know legally they cannot. But, you know, do you know they're watching? Yes. But here's the only problem. And I think it's funny um, because, uh, yes, watch and see how they do this um, and see what happens and how this goes forward. They might actually learn how to do things if this all goes off perfectly. If not, Tony Khan is already well aware of who he's running up against should a legal thing arise. And his team has already beaten Jerry McDivitt in, in, in open court. So... I, I mean, I'm sure that the he and Vince are, are feeling very spiteful about that. So looking for any opportunity, sure, this may get dirty. Don't get me wrong. That only benefit for us, the fan and, and an actual war. That's the problem with the war, right? Is that there has to be a loser. And I feel like there are so many eggs now in the basket of this angle that if it doesn't hit, for you know for any reason for a number of reasons like that could be a significant blow to what AEW has built up over the last several years yeah you got you have to do something it it has to continue to have this impact right yeah and and it's it's going to be hard like you said it's it's not going to be it's not going to write itself it's not like you bring you know hook out every week and he gets the most ridiculous pop ever like that's easy this is not, you know, this is a completely different animal. Sit and back, sit back, get your popcorn and see what happens. Hopefully, like I said, hopefully this this just continues through. And like I said, they have an example of how to be handled a perfect situation like this and not really pay it off. And the worst thing they could possibly do was succumb to Tony's version of Big Match John, whoever that may end up being. And have him come and save the day or whatever. Yeah. Well, there I I mean, this is fantasy booking on my part, and you can probably figure out where I'm going. Yeah, I already know where you're going. But that um, big but that big match, John, the Cena character could be Kenny. Except you have no idea when you're gonna be able to write him into any storyline. So there is oh, yeah. no point in putting anything to paper for Kenny Omega until Kenny goes. I'm healed up enough that I can come back to work. I mean, or, I mean, who else could it be? Like, cause you can't really bring anybody in from, okay. I'm drawing a blank. Um, oh God. There's a wrestler at new Japan. Who's like ready to leave. Not Koda is Koda. Yeah. I mean, maybe they get Koda Bushi. Um, they made up. No, doesn't mean he can't, you know, screw stuff up. Um, after after Forbidden Door, although I think that that the the title match of Forbidden Door has been kind of reserved now, and it will be Punk and Hiroshi Tanahashi. All oh, that hair. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is nice. When uh, what his finishing move is named the High Fly High Fly Flow, and it's not just doesn't just describe that his frog splash. Let me tell you. But it's it's I'm curious yeah. to see how this whole 
MJF situation plays out and what happens. And and the whole point here is that this is what wrestling is supposed to do. It's to make you want to find out what the next page of the book is says. We want to see the story continue. Ooh, what'll, ooh what, what could we possibly see when we go to Dynamite? Oh, yeah. Well, as we... That's the card probably waiting for you. That's the other thing we found out uh, happening in Detroit at the end of June would be uh, the second incarnation of blood and guts. Once again, a Jericho led faction goes inside the cage. I can guarantee you they're not going to push him off the roof this time. <laughs> no. Or if they are, they're going to make it a little, a little more convincing. And that one went over like a fart in church. So I don't think they're going to try that stunt, but they're going to have to do something. Um, as I said, because we, we will be there that night and I've geeked out because I have then have now been in person in built in a building to witness a hell in a cell match and now blood and guts, which is as close as we're going to get to a war games match. Right. Yep. Yeah. The, the Jericho Appreciation Society, or as I learned today, uh, could have been called the Citadel. Uh, that was the original name that was pitched to Tony Khan, who completely no sold it. And Chris was like, well, well, yeah, this is, this clearly isn't going to work. The boss hates it. Um, <laughs> apparently he got a weird email from something called like the art appreciation society, like probably some spam shit, but that's what caused the little spark to snap in his head. And, you know, several weeks or months later, the Jericho appreciation society was born. See ideas just come out of nowhere. Exactly. I mean, that's, I think that's the very definition of this podcast. It just comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Poof, like magic. Um, as that, was, that was part of another, of a huge episode of Dynamite, which, by the way, is how you do the night after a pay-per-view. You have this huge show, and the next night shouldn't be just the same shit you were doing beforehand. It should make, like, it resets the table, and you put everything uh, in new places, and we got that, and we got the return of the Redeemer, and we got Tanahashi showing up to make the challenge for Forbidden Door, which leads in, which is a perfect lead into the next show. And we got MJF. We got a huge card. It was exactly what you want. Yeah, you keep the buzz going. You keep the the momentum, the you know, the the pop. The you keep the crowd engaged from you know the killer card that you put on you know the night before or several nights before. It was it was just missing the women's champion though. Yeah. Funny you should mention that because as, as I mentioned uh, on our sheet, which, you know, that doesn't help anyone who's just listening to the show. Uh, MJF is not the only one who is frustrated with what, what, what's being given to them or their place on the card said women's champion Thunder Rosa uh, is reportedly frustrated legitimately. So with her lack of television time, as you mentioned, the on Sunday, she had a tremendous match in the ring, despite the fact that neither her nor her opponent were really given a whole ton of time to build that match. And they stay essentially put together a phenomenal cold match and got it over. And then there is no follow up on the next show for either of them. It, I mean, you see the TBS title more than you do the women's championship it's almost like maybe you should have flip-flopped who got what title because i see jade cargill on tv way more than i have uh, yeah way more than 
Icy Thunder Rosa. I mean, I think there was more, and in, hell, there was more, I think, invested in Britt winning the Bret Hart tournament than there was with Thunder Rosa. Right. That's now, unfortunate, yeah. uh, that, that the, it was a, a, a what culture report that, uh, said that she's unhappy, not as they mentioned, made mention, which is something you got to do now, but not to the point where she's ready to walk out of the promotion. Okay. Um, PW Insider reporting that she wasn't on Dynamite because she was feeling under the weather and the doctor sent her home. Uh, so it is what it is. Um, however, yesterday, uh, and unfortunately, I didn't see this in time. I couldn't go back to find the actual write-up, but she said uh, yesterday on Twitter that she'd be taking uh, some time off for socials for the next couple of days, uh, but we'll, we'll do busted open radio, I guess, which would have been today. I haven't seen anything from that. I actually, I have a, I have a, I have to see if it's, if I can pull it up on my XM app, but I'm pretty sure it's probably there and I can listen to it whenever. Yes. I mean, stay, if you're staying off your socials, that's normally a sign that something's up. Or it's a simple fact that you need to get the hell off social and just like, not deal with people for a while. It's very possible. Um, she did announce the um, she did formally announce the uh, auction for the gear that she wore at Double or Nothing uh, with the proceeds to benefit the families of the victims of Uvalde, Texas. Uh, so, and that seems to be the main uh, message coming out of here on Friday uh, from the show. So. And that's honestly a far more important message than, you know, any bookings, you know, and, and so much respect for her for doing that, um, mm-hmm. which which is just, you know, it just makes it even more baffling that, you know, someone who is willing to do that and is, you know, such a great worker in the ring and just, you know, an all around good person by all accounts is, you know, like Lisa said, just being severely overshadowed by so many others on the roster. And, and that's not to say that Jade Cargill doesn't deserve it. She deserves every minute she gets too. Um, you know, I, I think that Thunder Rosa just deserves way more time than she's getting. So yeah, I, I hope yeah. that that gets rectified and soon because that's not someone you want to lose. What's, what's the number one critique that we that I always keep slapping on, on AEW? I mean, Kenny, I love you, but you got to work on booking these women's matches, sir. 100%. I mean, I, I'm, here's my bold prediction. I'm going to make a bold prediction. I have a feeling, I have this feeling in my gut that Jade is going to eventually drop the TBS title. My my guess is Athena, although it could also be Britt Baker, but why does Britt Baker need another title? She just had a title run, but whatever. Oh, thanks, phone. Um, and then you'll have Jade take the title off of Thunder Rosa. I have a feeling that's where it's going to end up when her, when Jade's undefeated streak ends, well, I need to prove that I'm the best because I lost. Well, let me go after the champ and her title. Could be not to mention a simple fact (gasps) that she may have Uh wanted to. Uh Oh, breaking news. Y'all. A text was from my husband. Oh, oh boy. Punk just vacated due to injury. Holy shit. You are hearing this live. Literally live. Apparently, that was part <laughs> of uh, he was there on Rampage. 
uh, tonight, which happened in, yep, that's, that's exactly it. Uh, needs surgery. What does it say? Okay, so I would like to thank my husband for interrupting the podcast and me for being an idiot and not silencing my cell phone. <laughs> no, that was... That was... This, I, yeah. um, here's the tweet from Sean Rossap. CM Punk is relinquishing the AEW World Championship due to injury. Uh, they said he said he's injured and need surgery. We was, was in fact seen limping after his match Wednesday night on Dynamite. Uh, quote from the announcement: A couple things are broken. A couple of things are broken, and the biggest one is my heart. But the good news is the wheels haven't fallen off, and I've been through worse. Okay, so. Well, now, so that scraps like everything we were just talking about. <laughs> okay, so now, now we can we can do some fantasy booking because who? Well, first off, you're gonna have to. I don't know if you're gonna get a new champion in time for Forbidden Door. Obviously, you're gonna have to crown a new champion. Um, the immediate my immediate reaction, my immediate like. Snap judgment is that Paige takes on takes that role, takes on Tanahashi and wins the belt back because you need somebody right there. Um, or do you put on Brian Danielson and you have Danielson versus Tanahashi? I, I like going oh. a different direction than that, and I love <laughs> but I think we could work all of them together. And I'm just going to give you guys two words: WrestleMania four. Uh, no, please no. God no. I, yes. Dan just made a very happy noise when I said Tanahashi and yeah. Brian Danielson. Let's go with Tanahashi and Danielson. I like that idea much better than um the well man, like it was the worst WrestleMania until they did WrestleMania nine. I thought seventeen was the bad one. No, that's the complete opposite of how this goes. I don't know numbers. You know that. <laughs> um, that's neither here nor there. A one night tournament is a bad idea. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a terrible idea. In 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 the grand scheme, if if everyone had unlimited cardio, it's a great idea. Obviously, they don't. Right. Injuries happen. Injuries clearly are what what we're talking about right now. So. Yes. Um. Good lord. Yeah. That's that's huge. Uh, I like I said, I, I I I am not against the Danielson Tanahashi, but how do you get there? Who what like in the next week or two you have to have like a title eliminator like Tanahashi has put himself in the main event. Who is AEW going to descend and try to keep the belt here in the United States and away from New Japan? And if they were smart, actually, if they were well, see, here's the problem: if they were really smart, MJF would crash the would not be on Forbidden Door, crash the show, and interfere on Tanahashi's behalf. So the AEW championship goes back to Japan with Hiroshi Tanahashi. Well, okay, I have. I, so how many weeks do we have until Forbidden Door? I don't have a calendar. In front Forbidden of me. Door is the 26th. So well, we got about what? Uh, three weeks. One, two, three, four weeks. Yeah. Three dynamites. So you yeah, could. Yeah, three well, dynamites. <laughs> yeah. It's three weeks to figure this out on TV. Well, well, here's here's my here's my grand idea. Since I'm coming up with grand ideas. Because you can also do this on Rampage. You can do one match on Dynamite and one match on Rampage. You have what everybody loves. You have a tournament. And then either the Dynamite or Rampage before Forbidden Door, you have your finals. And you have 
that's when you crown your new AEW champion, and that's who goes up against Hiroshi Tanahashi. Ooh, ooh we, oh, another possibility you could have Adam Cole. Do you give him the number? Do you give him the number one, or or do you just have Tony Khan come out and go, "Look, we weren't ready for this. Clearly, our number one contender on the male side, since he is the holder of the Owen Cup, he'd be the first person to stand up. In this case, he will face Tanahashi." For the vacant belt. You could do that too. I'm just thinking of a tournament and all the possibilities you could have. Yeah. The only reason I'm hesitant towards pushing a tournament is you literally just did, just did two of them for like two months. That's or you can or I mean that or just have or here's another great idea. It's you like have your f- no Give your number one and your number two because they actually do rankings that somewhat matter. They do. They do. You you have your number one and your number two have a match. Just cut all of the tournament baloney and do, or if you want to go crazy and do a triple threat, have your one, two, and three in there because I think that would be who would be your one, two, and three? Hangman? Well, here's the thing. Your, uh, Your top five right now as of Wednesday, so these were updated for Dynamite, it would be Wardlow, Cole, Page, Mox, Jay Lethal. Yeah, we can leave Jay Lethal out. You gotta leave Jay Lethal out. I, I say just do your top two or top three if you want to do a triple threat. Um, Cole and Page. So, I mean, yeah. It. Yeah, I'd pop for it. Right. Sounds like an awesome match. Yeah. You got Wardlow as the obvious as the obvious face, Paige in the middle somewhere, the and then and then and then Cole and, and the undisputed elite there. Mm-hmm. There, there are they, that that is the the I guess the benefit of having the of having this talent pool to work with that when disaster strikes, you have the opportunity the the ability to do something about it. When life gives you lemons, you make you make some lemonade. That's not how I, that's not how I remember it. I remember it when life <laughs> gives you lemons, you say fuck the lemons and bail. I like lemonade, okay? And I like <laughs> and I like forgetting Sarah Marshall. <laughs> but that way you kind of have some sort of I mean granny so that way you have some type of what's the word? Like you had some kind of test or some kind of proving ground. I guess, for lack of a better term, without having a big ass tournament, you have your top three. Right. Duke it out. Because has Moxley been put in a match for Forbidden Door? No one has been put officially been put in a match for Forbidden Door, as far as I know. This is the only, the only, the only Wednesday was the first attempt at it when when Tanahashi came out and said, "I want the champ." No, someone's. Um, I think. Uh, there is nothing official. Oh, because I thought FTR was going to be defending their um, ROH tag titles. That's probably going to happen, definitely, but it's uh, nothing official. But that's my suggestion. If Tony Khan's listening, you know he listens to the show. You put your top three ranked men in a match, triple threat, duke it out, and then that will be not only your champion. You can either make that wrestler your champion, or like you said. Have that wrestler go up against Tanahashi for the vacated belt, either or. Listen, I, I think that's how this actually has to go. I think you kind of already set one on there and it, and it works. It works. Yeah, for sure. 
There's, there are so few bad things you can do here, but there are obviously better ways to go about it. Oh, yeah. So much oh, yeah. for Summer of Punk 2.0. Man, you got to feel for him. You really like this. This was a movie he's been waiting for for almost a decade, and and this is how it ends. You know, man, that's it's heartbreaking. Um, but he'll be back. Man, let's hope. <laughs> let's hope this. Let's hope this world title doesn't become like a curse. Because I mean, Kenny had the belt for so long, had to take care of so many injuries. Punk just wins the belt. Says he has multiple breaks, needs surgery, which means multiple times. Like he may not make it back. I, I like that. Doesn't sound like he's going to be there even all at all out in his backyard. So, not good. By the way, I just got a follow up text from my husband. The whole reason why he sent it is because he knew we were recording. <laughs> he did a run in on See, that's right. We, the that's, we overbooked the podcast. Um, wow. All right. Well, let's jump down here at some quick odds and ends. We don't need to go do a whole thing here, but we can kind of talk about some things going on. Uh, Lacey Evans is going to eventually go back to SmackDown. I guess she'll be making a re-debut next week after supposedly new- was going to make her debut in the ring on Raw this past Monday. And then instead of after doing those like dramatic promos of being her coming back as a face and being an inspiration, she's coming back as a heel. And they have no fucking clue what to do with this woman. They re-aired the video package on SmackDown tonight and they were setting it up like she was a pro-military face. Yeah. What? The, whatever. There were reports that she's doing because they have no idea what to do. It just plays into the fact that they need depth but don't know what how to build it through um interestingly enough two two people two more stars coming out they are done with impact uh after this week uh earlier it was the former big Cass who said that he was done um w morrissey after he'd make a couple appearances in aew but he has finished up with the company and now switchblade says he is done um, for the time being with impact and it's all having to, that one's all having to do with his, his schedule and commitments in uh, Japan coming back. So like, yeah, I guess you win there. I'm sorry. Yeah. It was nice to have you stay inside for a little while there. Yeah. Thanks for coming. The, the um, um, Morrissey one does kind of surprise me because I feel like he was, you know, at various points getting pretty decent pushes in uh in impact i know he had a title match he might have won the impact world title at some point i think so but i i know he definitely did some work with moose and josh anderson he was pushed to the top and looked good looked really good like he has looked phenomenal since coming back to the business maybe maybe he's coming to AEW or roh i mean tony does have an roh roster to fill out and what do you know he probably wouldn't mind having another big motherfucker to throw out there <gasps> oh, oh. You, you gotta bleep that, man. That's, that's, I, that's I, the right I, thing to do. When was the last time I bleeped anything on this show? Do you know how much effort that takes to go back and find this? <laughs> we don't do this, we do this in a whole different setup now. Back in the day, we could do this. Um, no, my brain just went, Oh, can we just have 10 minutes on Rampage next week of W. Morrissey? And Miro doing big man things to each other. Beef on beef. Add Wardlow, and that's a triple stack of beef. Ooh. Going to Wendy's after this. 
a stack of beef even Jim Cornette could enjoy. Um, another bit of interesting news uh, following one of the dumbest things I've seen in a ring in a very long time last weekend when Joey Janela set his foot on fire and then couldn't unset his foot on fire uh, because nobody thought to have like a bucket of water or a fire extinguisher or spit anywhere near him. Uh, GCW <laughs> owner Brett Lauderdale says he's fine. Boots fine. His rig's fine. Calm down. All of you idiot marks. Okay. It was still a really stupid spot. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Stupid is stupid. Yeah, he's lucky that it was fine because that could have been super unfine for a lot of people. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Not I, just him. Well, I, I applaud the effort. I think the one thing we've learned over the years is that fire is very unpredictable and probably best left out. Word. If that's what you need to get a pop out of your match, then maybe you need to rethink your match. Yeah, actually, that's a good point. Yeah, if if you can't do it any other way, um, that's okay. Which is which? The worst part is about the whole thing is Janela actually is talented in the ring, but he doesn't need to do stupid shit like this. Um, sorry. Um, one and then uh, one last piece of good news is that Arn Anderson came out this week and said that guess what? Uh, I have, I own the trademark for the Four Horsemen. It's where it belongs. So not only does a horseman have the trademark for the horseman, but soon we'll be able to get legitimate, authentic horseman merchandise and not line the pockets of Vince McMahon. And and that is the number four and the word F O U R. He he owns them both. Yep. Nice All right. All right. You. <laughs> We've been able long enough. Let's go ahead and hurry up and get through these things. We have two freaking cards to pick. On the plus side, the fact they have no depth in the company means that there's a seven match pay per view, and that's it. Um, so hopefully it'll be pretty quick. Uh, we'll be done and done or, or Seth and, and Cody will get like 40 minutes inside the cell. One of the two, but I will tell you, Cody, leave your blade at home. They don't even, though, even though it's a cell, even though it's legitimately the one place in time of year where blood should be a thing because the nature of the match, leave the blade at home. You don't need it. Uh-huh. They'll find the shit out of you up there for it. Yep. Uh, well, I bummed myself out with that. All right. Let's see. Tomorrow night in your house returns. I always like the fact that they brought the, the nostalgia fest back for NXT. We can run through these quick. Cause I don't know if we have a whole ton of these things to say. Um, this show is gimmick to all hell. So we continue from there. Let's start out with uh, the family taking on Legato del Fantasma with a strange, uh, with a very strange stipulation that the loser the losing team must join the winning team's faction. Because <laughs> what could possibly go wrong with your enemy joining your faction? Right. Especially when one of your factions has been rumored to be pulling up to the main roster soon. But that's neither here nor there. Um, Dak, where does this match go? You know, um, it is going to be dumb. <laughs> I think yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think Legato does take the match. I don't know that the stip really matters or if it even comes to fruition. Um, you know, Tony D'Angelo is certainly someone who's been pushed in NXT, but I don't think that him alone is going to be able to to really take a stable to the next level. And obviously Legato has, you know, been super over for, you know, a while in NXT it, at different points. Yeah. See, that, that was my reasoning. That's what I thought. But that's why I think it'd be the family because that stable, uh, 
seems to be like they're going to replace Phantasma is when they soon get called up to the main roster. Say, I'm with Zach. I also mean because I have barely watched any NXT since it became Technicolor Puke. And I actually know who Legato Del Tasma is. So is it Danzo uh, impressed me in his match at Stand and Deliver with Ciampa, but at the same time, that is your wrestling Tommaso Ciampa. Yes. We so good wrestling Tommaso Ciampa. Right. But, but I'm with Lisa too. I, I honestly have no clue who Channing stacks Lorenzo or Troy two dimes Donovan is. <laughs> Troy two dimes. Come on now. <laughs> I don't even know if that's accurate to how they're being portrayed, if that's what this is supposed to be or not, but let's get to go with that. All right. Sure. Forget about it. Whatever. Uh, the- I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> That's probably for the best. Uh, the NXT Women's Championship on the line. Mandy Rose defending against Wendy Chu. Just wants a nap. Who'd have thunk Mandy Rose would hold the title for this long? Um, who'd have thunk that they wouldn't know, wouldn't, <clears throat> excuse me, have the options to build legit challengers? Over I and mean, over again. I know. There's, okay. Okay. All right. Fine. Put your hands down. I get you. Um, I think I, I'll go first and go ahead because I think the plan here is for her to be dethroned at an NXT show, SummerSlam weekend, but it'll be Cora Jade that does because she seems to be the one who has the rocket strapped to her back. She's going to be the next face. So you like because she wears the skateboards and like like a rocket power reference, or you know uh, that wasn't my initial intent, but I'll go ahead and claim that now because that was a pretty bad <laughs> show. So yes, uh, Manny Rose to retain. I agree. Yeah, make it three. Even though I do love naps, I'm probably going to take one after this recording. Um, but yeah, Wendy Chu is as cool of, of a gimmick as that is. That she's not. I just can't see. I can't. I I'm vaguely familiar with her because she, she came on right as the black and gold era was ending, and I'm like, with that gimmick, I just don't see her as the type of wrestler you'd put a title on with that. Just with that gimmick. Right. Right. This seems like a short term feud. Uh, the women's tag belts that are sticking around to the company is Toxic Attraction defending against Caden Carter and Casey Catanzaro. Sorry, uh, Katana Chance. If you're going to change the names, at least make them names that people would actually name their children. But they, but they want, the, they want, they want the children to see the people in the ring as superheroes. And that's a superhero name. Damn it. No, it's not. It's the name of a Marvel <laughs> Combat character, and it always will be. I know. So unless she starts busting out the fatalities, please give her a realistic first name. It, I mean, it doesn't matter. I didn't pick them. I'm nope. sticking. With, I'm sticking with Toxic Attraction. I think. I think they're all going to lose their gold at, all at once. But I think it's going to be SummerSlam weekend. Indeed. Yeah, hundred percent. As as exciting as you know, Casey or Katana, whatever, is it to watch in the ring? Like, yeah, just like with Wendy Chu, like this just isn't the time, and it just isn't the person. PK for all the wins. I'm sorry, uh, GG Dolan. Actually, that one, that one doesn't sound too bad. That one, that one, that that works for the and that works for the gimmick. Yeah, mm-hmm. but still, all the wins. Uh, yeah, right. NXT tag team titles as pretty deadly defending against the Creed Brothers. Pretty editor English, apparently. Didn't realize this. 
They're NXT they, UK, UK Tag Team Champions. Didn't realize this either. They basically were the panic move when they had to take the tag titles off of MSK after all that crap. And I think I think they just slapped the titles on the NXT UK champions when they brought them over. You two, you got a pulse. You're the champs now. You have amazing hair. Here you go. <laughs> they do have amazing hair. They do have amazing hair, <laughs> but I don't think they're winning. No. This could be one of those back and forth kind of deals where you know the Creed brothers get over in this um, on this pay per view and pretty deadly get them on the next one. And it's just because there's really nothing else that they can do. Um, uh-huh. it's, it's kind of how WWE works. So yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the Creed brothers. So Creed's across the board, and they finally pay off because they've been wanting to get the belts on these team on that team for a while now, and just haven't seemed to pull the trigger. Now you have the excuse. Yep. In a sort of rematch of the NXT North American Championship, Cameron Grimes defends against Carmelo Hayes to the moon. One of the last holdovers from the black and gold era. I'm I'm picking Cameron Grimes. Yeah, I feel like Carmelo Hayes has been teased for a main event or a main card push for like the last six months. Right. Um, and that hasn't been paid off yet, really since Mania, so like nine months. Um, maybe it's gonna happen eventually. I'm gonna, but I'm still gonna say either way that uh, Cameron Grimes is still too too hot to um to move away from uh besides the the match they're pushing to and i assume we're going to get more impressive will be more impressive when cameron grimes goes up against future bloodline member uh uh, sicola so sicola so that's where Mm. that's where that's headed this is where this is heading this is just a stop on that train and finally, the NXT Championship on the line where Braun Breaker take uh, defense against Joe Gacy, where if he gets disqualified, Breaker will lose the title. And it's weird that they put those words, they put the, in those words, he'll lose the title. Doesn't say Gacy wins the title. He says he'll lose the title. Mm-hmm. Mm. So fun fact, apparently Braun Breaker is wearing some of his dad's old gear from the 90s. Yes. Uh, that's the, the you remember it, it's because it's so weird uh, that they had, that the Steiners had singlets that were just like numbers, just numbers all over. I've seen him wear that singlet, so. <laughs> but that also tells you how big a dude this is, because if he, if his, if he's literally the size of his dad at his biggest, which the early 90s were the Steiners at their biggest, that is a massive, massive human being. And I think he's retaining. Well, yeah, that's that's not even a question. It's not even a question. So we're we're in agreement with quite a bit here. Are we in lockstep all the way through so far? Uh, no, y'all have a legato. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we got to be different somewhere to make it interesting. And I, I, that's why I am. I, I have my reasons. Now, are they correct? I have no idea, but at okay. least I have a reason. That's right. Well, I'm going to get a lot of opposition between the three of us in the uh, in the next card. That we're quite possibly as we move to Sunday. And, and honestly, I, 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 I don't really care about 90% of this card. I'm doing wedding anniversary stuff on Sunday and then watching Hell in a Cell ain't it. <laughs> um, all right, let's start with the match that was added this evening is Cappy Corbin and Madcap Moss will we'll go at it. No holes barred. Well, way to go SmackDown for contributing something to this card. You, 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 get, a, you get a gold star for effort, but who gives a shit? Thank you. They help. 
I mean, if I, I mean, if I gotta pick somebody, so I'm just gonna pick Mad Cat Moss, just cause you gotta pick somebody. Yeah, Madcap is the more likely of the two to go over. It does, again, like you said, it doesn't matter. None of this matters. None of this matters. It's okay. Yeah, no, none of this matters. Uh, so m- m- Moss across the board, except for me, I apparently wrote Moose. It was Moose, <laughs> uh, the double O. So no, that. that's just that's just wishful thinking, sir. Yeah, I know, right? Um, six person mixed tag: it's Finn Balor, AJ Styles. Did you guys see him do the thing on Raw? They did the thing on Raw. Which which thing did they do on Raw? They did that thing. Oh, the thing, the real cool thing. The, the that that thing that we actually can't legally say the name of, but you know who you, t- you know you know what we're talking about. You know what we're talking about when I say the thing, with the with the fingers. Really high in sugar content. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so dumb. I had to think about like sugar uh, content. Sugar content. Oh, oh, that's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, those two and uh, Liv Morgan take on the Judgment Day and. Does that is that even like grammatically correct? No. The Judgment Day. No. Okay, thank you. I I thought it was just me. I mean, I don't think it's grammatically correct, but I mean, what if? I mean, it, it it is if we're referring to a day, but or or if it was a band in the early two thousands, because every band in the early two thousands had the in the name. Well, to me, it actually reminds me of a band from the nineties. Like it feels like this would be the Lone Rangers. And see, my brain goes to the Strokes, the Hives, the Vines. It's, but just specifically, it is a thing referring to a singular that is putting having the the put on it, despite the fact they're like there are three of you. You're not exactly lone. No, but good for them. God, you get y'all are killing me. I, I can't give you any more blatant uh, airheads references. It just passes you by. Sorry, man. You know, one of us has not seen that film, unfortunately. And it's two not- of oh, two of us have not seen that movie. Good Lord. <laughs> you know, I yeah, I'm I'm always there. that movie is going on your fucking film school list. <laughs> just so Sorry. anything, just so anything else be- between between having uh. Adam Sandler uh, talk about having naked pictures of B. Arthur. Uh, and then Lemmy in the background. I used to edit the school magazine. I used to masturbate constantly. It makes no sense to anyone if you haven't seen that movie, but nope. it's okay. Uh, anyway, all this is getting cut, and then I realized that I don't cut. <laughs> no. The producer is not in control. No, 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 no. We are live to tape, sir. We are live to tape. As soon as I get the thing off the machine, I'm turning it right around and loading it back in. And all of that means uh, I'm picking the Judgment Day. Me too. Um, it, me three and probably remember. Maybe you just you just you don't build up a, a faction like this. I mean, it's awesome that Finn and AJ are in a match together. That's pretty cool. Because the last time they were in a match together, when Mono saved us from a really bad, potentially bad match. Um, I mean, I think they'll be good. And in like in like Zach said, maybe we'll. I mean, Edge has been trolling people on his social media, teasing potential fourth members. So we'll see. Maybe it's McAfee. I've seen he's he's posted pictures of Champa. He posted a picture of Paige. I mean, obviously, I don't think it's Paige, but yeah, he's just been doing the, he's doing some fine trolling. 
Champa would be fun. Champa would be perfect. Champa would be fun. Uh, you could really, really want to go weird. The returning Cesaro would go perfect in that role, too. Oh, yes, indeed. Feed the needy. Oh, by the way, Cesaro is likely coming back to the company. Just another thing we got to both play through. Don't ask. I don't understand that story myself. The United States Championship on the line is Austin Theory takes on Mustafa Ali. Um, is there any reason to ask y'all what you're thinking? Theory? Vince McMahon's chosen one, his new adopted son. <laughs> My theory, too. Oh. Nice one. I see what you did there. You know, here's the thing, though. If that's the actually the case, what I would like to see just once is a shot of theory coming, walking down the hall, coming to a junction. And there's Hornswoggle, who just looks up, growls at him and punches him in the nuts and then runs off. <laughs> He's my dad, motherfucker. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's dumb. And, and at this point, everything around Austin Theory is ridiculous and dumb. So why the hell not? Speaking, Let's go for it. <laughs> speaking of ridiculous, Ezekiel takes on Kevin Owens in a one-on-one encounter. Poor Kevin Owens. He deserves better. So much better. But that's why he's going to win. I mean, truthfully, Elias, Ezekiel, Jeffrey, whatever you want to call him, I feel like <laughs> he deserves better than this shit, too. I miss the facial hair. It, this is a case where, like, do let him grow his beard back, please. That was some that was some beautiful facial hair. And then you got rid of it and, you know, put it back. Yeah, like this, this ain't it. No, this ain't it. Kevin, you uh. It's a reminder, you, you main evented WrestleMania with one of the biggest matches in the history of the show. And two months later, um, you're going to do the job for, for um, a twin gimmick. Oh. Wow. I'm a little surprised. That's just a gut punch when you put it like that. And your yeah, pick is? That's, I mean, that's my pick too. Like, I, Zeke? Know. Okay. Wow, so I'm the only one going with KO. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's going to be Ezekiel. It might be Elias. But... Well, if it's Elias, we got to throw the match out because that's just not on the. That's not what I had. It's not what on the sheet. Ooh. <laughs> All right, what the hell? I'm rolling the dice. Elias wins. Elias. But how? Wins. But how would they? But how would they do Elias if he doesn't have the facial hair? I'll figure something out. Yeah, a prosthetic beard. Oh God, nobody. No, those never look good. That's the point, I think. <laughs> Let's say there's no, there's no, there's no pretty in this. I don't know what we're talking about here. Speaking of something that's probably not going to be pretty, it's a handicap match as Bobby Lashley takes on Omos and MVP. This was the only one where I was really unsure. Like I wrote something down, crossed it out, wrote and crossed it out again. I'm going with Omos and MVP. I, I think this is where Lashley's rebuild really ramps up. Uh, and I think what better way to jumpstart a guy being made to be a believable contender again than to have him beat like a really big dude and a dude who's there for no reason. Um, plus, you can um, get um, both MVP and Omos to have some sort of kerfuffle, some sort of hijinks, so that at least you don't make Omos look weak in the loss. So Omos still looks like a monster. Lashley goes over. M- MVP is there. Everybody. That was the point I was actually just going to make is that Lashley could get the win here, but he can pin MVP. So you don't have almost take the the. Uh, another loss here and you kind of lose the mystique on your new giant and last you can get his revenge and then he can move on to something else and hopefully be kind of pushed towards the top of the card again and be rebuilt. 
I'm hopeful because they've never they've never booked his potential correctly, but I'm hoping they'll at least start the rebuild now. Better late than never. And we'll give it a shot. A triple threat match for the Raw Women's Championship as Bianca Belair defends against Asuka and Becky Lynch. I mean, I love Asuka. I love her so much, but I, I, I picked Bianca. Hmm. Is it is it time to put the title back on Becky Lynch yet? That's really the big question. No. <laughs> my heart says no. My brain says yes. So I'm going to flip a coin between the two, and it's going to land on Bianca retaining. Although I would not be surprised at all to see Becky pin Asuka and take the title. Well, again, just like we were talking about with Omos, you know, keeping Bianca strongly booked. Correct. And Asuka, Asuka's going to take the pin no matter who wins. I mean, I think that's pretty... Well, yep. That's uh, well, why she's there. Unfortunately. Well, here's the thing. Here's my thought process. If you have Becky lose, because she's already kind of going down the, what I call the maddening spiral downward. I'm curious to see what, how, how her character would develop if she loses the title here. I mean, I think it'd be interesting to see what they do with that. I mean, deep down, if you're going to put the title on somebody else, I'd rather it be Asuka. She's a Grand Slam champion. She carried you all through the pandemic, and you ain't treating her like that. So maybe maybe Bianca drops the title at SummerSlam, but I think Bianca's keeping it at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, they were that did that one though. Because I think we're I think we're heading towards a separate program between Becky and Asuka that may that may not have the title attached to it. And I'm here for that. I mean, they work so tremendously well together. They have such good chemistry. <laughs> Yeah, those are matches I want to see like immediately. So that so so I think now that I'm thinking it through more, I de- I'm still sticking with Bianca retaining, but I think you're going to have maybe a new challenger come up at SummerSlam if you can find somebody Ooh. to go up against her. <laughs> oh, you could you could build. I mean, you have time. You could build Alexa Bliss up to it, I suppose. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So there you go. You can have Alexa go after the title and then you can have Becky and Asuka go at it. There you go. In a, in a non-title program. And the main event of the evening is the aforementioned Hell in a Cell match. Just one this year. We only get the one, uh, which is probably, once again, the way to do it as Cody Rhodes takes on Seth freaking Rollins. I mean, Cody? Why would you why would you have him come back and get everybody on the hype train and then have him lose? It doesn't make sense to me. And I hate it so much because that's absolutely what's going to happen in the process. Like, how much more do you build up Cody Rhodes by having him beat Seth Rollins thrice instead of twice? You know, like that just even being the hell in the cell stiff, like. You don't really get that much more for it, at least not as much as you lose by essentially burying one of your, you know, best workers and you know giving him no shred of believability for his future uh, program, for his at least his next program. This is what happens when you put all of the titles on the bloodline, because now you don't. None of them who are working uh, Hell in a Cell and the Universal Championship is not expected to be defended a month later when they move to Money in the Bank, which means the best chance to to have your your world champion defend the title for the first time since winning it at WrestleMania will be the end of July at SummerSlam. So this is kind of why putting all the gold on one person is dumb. No. 
or no or, or, putting all the gold on one person without a plan there you go thank you or putting all the gold on one person who then turns around and says yeah i'm gonna be a part-timer now yeah, so yeah, I, I don't know we're have time. When he did it, like that was awesome. The way that was booked. So you know, I, I, and also there could be shenanigans. Who knows? But I still think it's going to be Brand. Well, Brandy's teasing a return to wrestling, but I don't think she'd show up at Hell in a Cell. No, that's not the place for that at all. No, that's a raw thing. Zach, what did you pick again? I'm sorry. Oh, it was, it was, I think it's going to be Cody across the board. I can't imagine that you're yeah. going to go there. I, like, who else is- I'm not going to be upset if I lose this one, but I, the way I'm thinking, Seth, welcome to gate. Welcome to gatekeeper world. Open St. Prue and Josh Barnett and Chris Weidman. All, all like to welcome you to the table. Well, did you notice that? He, well, did you notice he and Becky are kind of going along the same storyline of slowly losing their minds? Yes, and wearing and wearing ridiculous outfits, so they can both bring those two together in a kayfabe way. I don't think they'd ever do that. Unfortunately, that would work so well together too. Yeah, I think they made it very, very clear to Vince that they don't want to be like a Ms. and Maurice type thing you really only need one of those in the company before it starts to get overbearing uh period which yeah. i think is another reason why you also really like double or nothing was the first time you really kind of saw it with cole and baker really brought to the forefront outside of just incidental contact that's neither here nor there um we gotta get the fuck out of here uh sack plugs uh, yeah, fairlykickass.com, uh, the Fairly Kickass podcast on um, Spotify. Um, we just wrapped up our uh, May reviews um, recording wise. I think the last thing to post was our uh, one song um, dissertation on Nirvana. So um, we've got a lot of stuff already in the can, ready to come out in the next few weeks. So um, come check us out on Spotify. If you have any questions for us, uh, email uh, fairlykickass at gmail.com. And for this show, make sure you're checking us out at thefinisherpodcast.com. We have all this stuff. All the picks will be up there momentarily. By the time you hear this, uh, they'll be there, and you should be checking us out. Uh, also on Facebook at The Finisher Podcast, uh, where all this will be updated and such, and retro reviews and uh, new trivia coming soon, and the new feature of Lisa doing some retro stuff. Uh, we're figuring that part out. We'll figure the whole thing out. There's a lot to do. It's going to be a hell of a <laughs> summer, uh, but this weekend's not going to be a hell of a summer. No, it's going to be me celebrating my wedding anniversary. That's what it is. <laughs> well, congratulations and thank you very much. Good night. <laughs>